0: On your way in today, um, you received a handout probably, or you may have received it in the past few weeks. And this lists um, a scripture, a reading, a scripture to memorize, and a song to listen to throughout the week. And we, uh, during this series, we're talking about prayer. We really wanted to encourage Each of you to do that with maybe your friends, your family, um, your small groups. And so if you are kind of just joining us, make sure you grab that so that we can all sort of be on the same page. Um, I'm really excited for those who have been participating. I thought about just like getting a bowl here and like putting my hand around and picking out a name to see if someone memorized their scripture. But I thought that might make some of you nervous. So I did ask um, Alicia, who is a Kylefa intern, and she memorized her scripture. So can you give her a round of applause? And she offered to share it with all of you. So this is a little nerve-wracking. So would you smile at her as she shares with you the scripture she memorized this week? Go ahead. Uh, Galatians 5,
1: or 22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy,
0: peace, forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. take this with you. Look at that. So... Next week, I might get the bowl and put your name in it. Just kidding. But I want to encourage you to memorize the scripture. Um, When you have it in your heart, it brings life change. And so I really want to challenge you um, to do that, like Alicia did, and like many other of you who are participating. Um, You will see, um, as mentioned before, that we are building this prayer wall behind us. So all of these pieces of paper are prayers um, that you have written, that you have prayed, that the staff has prayed over. And um, the first week of this series, we talked about praying the names of God. And so many of you wrote a name of God as you prayed, and we put it in the wall. Um, last week, we talked about the fruits of the Spirit, as we just heard that scripture. And this week, we're going to tackle breakthrough prayers, breakthrough prayers. So um, I want to start with a question that I um, want you to answer. I want you to really think about it. It's not a rhetorical question. How many of you this morning are in need of a breakthrough? How many of you are in need of a breakthrough? You come to church today, there's a, there's a wall erected in your life. There's, there's something that you just can't get past. It's causing a blockage and you need a, a breakthrough. You have a problem and you need a solution. You have a wound and you need a healing You have a situation in your life that you don't know how it's going to end. You don't know how you're ever going to get around it emotionally, physically, spiritually, and it is right in front of you. How many of you would say, that's me, I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. God, I felt like impressed on me this week that um, some of you haven't told anyone about the breakthrough that you need. That you've kept it inside, you've kept it sort of silent But God wants you to know that he knows your need. And he knows the breakthrough that you need. He even knows the breakthrough that you need even if you're not praying about it. That he knows that. And so as I just kind of walk us through some different parts of the scripture today. It'll be difficult if you don't get a little excited about it. I think you might want to check your pulse. (laughs) Because... Really, um, this entire message is an encouragement that we serve the God of breakthrough. And maybe you feel like you don't have a breakthrough that you need this morning, but you saw some hands raised around you, or even those that haven't raised their hands because uh, maybe they can't quite articulate it yet, or maybe they don't want anyone to know. But together, maybe if you don't need a breakthrough for yourself, would you want a breakthrough for someone else this morning? Would you, would you enter into the family of God, and would you encourage and pray for the God of breakthrough for someone else this morning, even if you don't know what they're dealing with? How about that? Can we do that as we talk about this word of God this morning? All right, so I want to start us in the book of Micah. And um, chapter 2 uh, records Micah, and he's he telling the people the full dimension of God's judgment and his salvation, and, and he's walking them through all of these things that God did for us. He's basically saying we're a rebellious people. We deserve punishment, but God has a plan. God has a plan for redemption, and, and that plan is that the Messiah, Jesus, is the one who's going who's to break open the way and is going to lead us back home, and Micah is telling these truths to the people, and in this particular passage, the word that they use for God is the word breaker, The word breaker. And and actually, he also calls him Lord in all capitals. And we learned two weeks ago, that means Yahweh. That's his personal name. And and he does what only he can do. And he does what he can do best. And that is save and rescue and deliver and break through. In fact, one of God's specialties is being the breaker. And and that is what makes him so worthy to be praised. I want to read to you uh, the the conclusion of the chapter, Micah 2.13. And it's talking about Jesus prophetically. It says, The one who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them, the Lord at their head. And the implication here is that something has been closed off. Something's restricted. Something's clogged, confined, plugged up. But when the God of breakthrough comes against the stronghold, it's like a dam breaking open. It's like, a, it's like a, when God goes forth, it's like a dam of water that just breaks loose, bursts out of its restraints, and not only destroys the enemy, but also sweeps away everything that the enemy has brought with him. Everything that the enemy has carried into our lives or into the situation, when the God of breakthrough comes, it not only destroys the enemy, but all that the enemy has brought into the situation is completely carried away. It's interesting, in the scripture, there are so many examples of breakthrough. But as I looked at them, they often have a description that involves a sound. They often have a description that involves a sound. Um, It's as if breakthrough has a sound. Elijah, if you remember that story in faith, he was praying for rain. And before the rain ever came, he heard the sound of abundance of rain. There was a time when drought had plagued the land. This happened in First Kings 18. And I'm sure that many people wondered where God was in all of this. Where is God? We're thirsty. We can't grow crops. We're hungry. Our children are dying. Uh, the, the elderly cannot. are uh, they're, they're sick because we don't have what we need. God, where are you? Where are you in all of this situation? And, and Elijah says, I can hear the sound of abundant rain. And the people look at him like he has four eyes. <laughs> because all they hear is the dust of the desert going across the plains. And Elijah says, that his, he hears the rain before it ever comes, and his faith ushers in the rain. His faith ushers in the breakthrough. And, you know, it wasn't just a sprinkle or, or a spat. Have you ever been in Target when, like, the heavens let loose? And you're going, what is that? And then you realize? I mean, it was a, a, a drench. It, it, was, it was the sound of, of pouring rain, and it was linked to the breakthrough. And I just wonder if there are some of you here today who have been crying out to God. You feel like there's just silence coming from heaven. All it feels like is the drought, that there is no rain, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. Maybe you're worried you missed God. Maybe you're afraid he gave up on you. Maybe, maybe you feel like you didn't measure up, so God just walked out. And you are, you are sitting there, and you are waiting And you cannot hear anything. All you can see is the drought. I read an article this week that was sent to me, and it made this declaration, and it just resonated with me, and I just want to speak it over us today, um, specifically over those who I just described. Maybe you say, you know, I'm tired. I'm broken. I'm beat up. I'm fed up. I'm lost. I'm alone. I'm I'm really not sure what to do next. It does not seem like these situations are getting better. I have had faith. I have tried to hold on, but the answers to my questions don't make sense. And you're here this morning, and you're, you're trying, but it just feels so dry. In the days of Elijah, when it hadn't rained in years, he said to the people, I hear the sound of abundant rain. And he didn't hear it naturally. He heard it supernaturally. He heard it supernaturally. He knew that it was on its way because he believed in a God who heard him when he prayed. And so this morning, like Elijah, I am declaring over us that I hear the sound of breakthrough. I hear the sound of breakthrough. I hear the sound of breakthrough for you who don't know what you're going to do next. I hear it. Not naturally, but supernaturally, I hear the sound of breakthrough. The walls are coming down, the changes are in the works, the plan is in motion. Uh, It may sound distant at first, but I hear the sound of breakthrough, and I'm praying supernaturally that you can hear it too. That you can hear even what you can't see, that as you pray, he's listening, and breakthrough is coming. The scripture records um, the life of a man named David, David trusted the God of breakthrough. And I want to look at his life for just a minute. We know we can learn from David because he serves the same God that we do. Sometimes we forget that. That the same God that David prayed to is the same God that we interact with today. That God, that, that God who gave breakthrough to David is the same God that is available for us this morning to pray to. And David had been a fugitive for a long time. Um, he he was getting ready to to possess his promise as king over Israel. He was told he was going to be king over Israel long before he became king. And so for a long time, he lived as a fugitive, and, and, and he had all these hardships, and he was hiding in caves. And I am positive he had moments where he said, yeah, I don't know if that promise is true, because this doesn't really feel like I'm a king so much, scavenging for food and living in this cave and, and, and hiding from, you know, these people who are trying to kill me and living on the run. And, and, and things did not seem as if he was about to be king. In fact, they appeared to be really, really hopeless. And I want to just bring us to uh, 1 Samuel 30. David goes back to this town after a three-day journey, this town called Ziklag. Ziklag. And um, he's weary. He, he's hoping he can find some rest. He's just really tired. Um, but instead... He discovers that the city had been attacked, burned with fire, his loved ones and many others were taken prisoner, and every remaining person wanted to stone him. Not the best day of the week, okay? He was, he, he was hoping for, like, a snack and his mom, you know? And he got there, and everything was just in ruins. And the scripture says what David did. And I'm always blown away by this, because think about what you would do if that happened, I mean, first, you'd get on Facebook and tweet something passive-aggressive, like, these people, how rude, and then maybe eat a bowl of ice cream, you know, I don't know, but we would have sort of this pity party for ourselves, that what in the world is happening, I'm finally back where I thought I was supposed to be, and all of these things are going wrong again, God, are you serious? But he didn't do that. David encourages himself in the Lord. He goes to the God of breakthrough and he prays and he draws his strength from God. That's what he did. And this is the battle before David's breakthrough. I find this so fascinating that he doesn't know that this is his last battle. He doesn't know. And in fact, he he doesn't see the end of the story like we do. We turn the page and we're like, "Oh, great. Now he's king. It worked out." But this appeared like any other battle that he had faced. But this was different because it would be his last. But he didn't know that going into it. He didn't know that when he saw all that happening and then he went to the Lord And maybe that's where you sit today. You feel like giving up because you see no solution. You're ready to throw in the towel because it's just not working out how you anticipated. And you don't know this yet because you can't see the end of the story. But what if this is the last battle before the breakthrough? What, what if you're about to throw up the surrender flag, and you came this far, and you fought this hard, and you don't think you can go another day, but this is the last battle before the breakthrough? What if this is it? Hang on. <laughs> Hold on. Because whatever thread of hope that you have, because you serve the God of breakthrough, and honestly, there will be a last battle. I don't know when it is, you don't know when it is in your life about a certain circumstance, but God knows when it is, and there will be a last one because God is victorious and He's the God of breakthrough. Does anybody believe that? Right here. All right. Nothing you ever walk through can catch God off guard, He's not surprised. And if your trial is not God sent, then it is God used. I've heard this before and I've quoted it a million times, often to myself. The biggest battles are fought right before the biggest breakthroughs. The biggest battles are fought right before the biggest breakthroughs. If you feel like you're in a pressure box and the resistance is so hot that you don't know if you can take it one more day, get ready because that usually means the breakthrough is right on the way. I want to read to you, just for um, encouragement, uh, the, what happens after this final battle that David has in 1 Samuel 30. David recovers all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. That's another sermon, okay. And um, nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. David recovered All. Then David took all the flocks and herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. He made it. He made it to the end. And then he got everything that God had for him and even more. Because that's the God we serve. So when we pray breakthrough prayers, I think it's really helpful to understand what we're breaking through. Um, what is a stronghold and, and what, um, what are the ones we're up against? I think sometimes the word stronghold, it's like this really great word, but it's kind of churchy. Like, what does that actually mean? You know, what, what is a stronghold? Well, a stronghold is this collection of ideas or thoughts that are in agreement with the enemy's lies and accusations against the truth of God. Okay, It's a collection of ideas or thoughts that are in agreement with the enemy's lies and accusations against the truth of God. So strongholds are lies about God. They're lies about who he is, lies about what he says he will do. They're lies about who we are in Christ and how he sees us. And when we begin to believe those, when we begin to receive them, they, they bind our hearts. They make us not see things clearly. And the more lies we believe, the bigger, the taller, the harder the stronghold. And that's what, that's what those are. Now here's the good news. 1 Corinthians 10.4 says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to, read that, demolish strongholds. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. So breakthrough prayers ask God to change our thinking to the truth. Breakthrough prayers uh, are moments we say to God, where are we in agreement with a lie? Where, what part of our thinking is not true? God, show us that. Let's break that tie and be in agreement with the truth. It's a lot of replacing. What is a lie? Okay, reveal that to me. That's not true. Then what is true? And start believing that. So, for example, a breakthrough prayer can look something like this. God... I want your truth to be the loudest voice in my life. Or, uh, Jesus, I want a breakthrough, so change my thinking. How do you think about this situation? How do you think about this, these people? How do you think about this city? God, change my thinking, change the lies that I have bought into and don't even realize it, and bring the truth. Mike Bickle identifies three types of strongholds from the scripture, and I want to tell you about them today because I thought they were really enlightening. The first is personal strongholds. So these are lies in our mind that bind us to selfish choices and selfish lifestyles. They're things that we tell ourselves. I'm not good enough. No one will ever love me. So I'm going to have these feelings that maybe roll into depression or anxiety. God's not in control. There's no way he can work this out. I need to worry about it until I fix it. Those are lies. They create strongholds. The longer we think that pattern, the harder the stronghold is. Second, there's cultural strongholds. That's when we agree um, with the enemy's values of our society at large. We agree with them and we, we act on them and they entrench in our values. For example, um, while well, everyone else, you know, everyone else cheats So if we don't cheat, then we won't get ahead. So we might as well cheat just so we can get ahead. I mean, everyone else cheats. You know, we kind of get stuck in this cultural push. Or um, everyone else thinks that Erie's never going to amount to anything. So, I mean, we just got to get on the bandwagon with that. It's a cultural stronghold. It's a lie. God has a purpose and a plan for Erie, Pennsylvania, far beyond what we can ever imagine. It's not a mistake. God has us here, and he has called you here to live here and bring your kingdom, bring his kingdom to earth. And if we begin to say, well, just culturally, I mean, everyone's so down on Erie or the mistake by the lake, then we are buying into that stronghold. We're believing that lie, and then we're living in that. Does that make sense? All right, the third thing. There's cosmic strongholds. This is demonic principalities that exist to derail God's plans. These are actual um, demonic principalities that are, are in working in situations against us. Um, and, and, and so sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's cultural, sometimes it's cosmic, sometimes it's a mix of it all and And it's all together, and it's and it's building these lies, this facade, and the only thing that breaks it is the truth. We dismantle these strongholds by agreeing with God in prayer. And we use the scripture to pray God's will, because we remember that is the truth, no matter what. No matter what anybody says, no matter how convincing it can become, the scripture is God's will. And the truth, and so we break these strongholds by renouncing the lies and acting in truth. In Daniel 10, uh, verses 12 through 14, it gives us a brief glimpse of what's happening uh, in the spirit realm when we're praying. So Daniel, he had been praying and partially fasting for 21 days uh, to gain greater insight into the revelations that he had received. And um, this angelic being finally shows up with an answer to his prayer. And I can imagine Daniel might have been like... Hey, thanks for coming. You know, what took so long? Was was there traffic? And um, the angel actually says to Daniel, I have been trying to get to you, but I was detained by the prince of the kingdom of Persia. And we know that this is in reference to demonic forces, that the chief angel, Michael, had to come and free him. And so this experience of Daniel is an example to us that there is a lot more going on behind the scenes supernaturally than we can understand. And now it's not a formula that can simply be boiled down. The idea of that passage wasn't to say, okay, so fast for 21 days and then the angel Michael will come and overcome your cosmic strongholds. That's not what it was saying. What it's saying is that a lot of things are happening, more is going on than we see. So when we pray to God for the breakthrough and it doesn't happen right now, that doesn't mean God is not working on it. That doesn't mean that he is not unraveling the strongholds that are behind it, the cosmic ones, the personal ones, the cultural ones. Some breakthroughs can be achieved relatively quickly. Others require long, persevering endurance. We don't know all that's happening, but we do know that God is working. We do know that God is working. So this week, um, starting tomorrow, uh, we are going to have a corporate fast as a church. So tomorrow through next Saturday. And this means that I'm asking you to fast and pray in some way this week. There are so many different ways to do it. You can fast food. If you have a health concern or you're not in the right spot for that, don't do that. You can fast media. You can fast um, all kinds of things. There are so many different things that you can give up uh, to fast and to pray. And I want you to pray and ask God uh, where you will contribute to the kingdom story in this fasting as a church together. Maybe God will say to you, I want you to fast um, three days this week. Maybe God will say, I want you to do one day. Maybe God will say, I want you to do every night after eight. No more potato chips. I I want you to to give that time. Whatever it is, whatever you replace it with, remember to replace it with prayer. Okay? Remember to replace it with prayer. Because the idea is that we stop doing something we do to replace it with prayer so that we can come before God. Now, if you decide not to fast, that's okay because God doesn't require us to fast. I want to be really clear with that. But he does reward those who choose to fast. Uh, Matthew six seventeen through 18 says, When you fast, your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And one of the rewards is re- referred to is um, that we will see God's kingdom expressed in and through our lives more when we fast. So if you want to see God's kingdom expressed in your life and through your life more, if you want a breakthrough, then he's saying, here's a tool. This is a reward that I will give you if you fast. Our spiritual capacity will grow. We, we will serve and see God's kingdom more clear. I would encourage you to get a friend or, or, or a, a spouse or someone and say, hey, here's my plan so that you guys can keep each other accountable a little bit because it's really easy if you're the only one who knows your plan to, you know, kind of modify your plan as you encounter the brownie. All right? Well, I'll just start tomorrow, you know. So I would encourage you to tell someone about it. Say, hey, here's my plan. This is what I'm going to do. And then tell them how it went. I thought I was being really funny with this one, this next point. Fasting is for those who are hungry. Okay. But here's what I mean. I'm funnier when I'm by myself with my computer. Um, Hungry, not just for food, but hungry to experience more of Jesus. Hungry to see more of God's kingdom expressed on earth. Hungry for more of the fruit of the Spirit, like we talked about last week. Hungry for breakthrough. Fasting is for the hungry. For those that want to see something change in their life. When we fast, it's, it's, it's a paradox because our bodies are weak and hungry, but our hearts become more tender and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the paradox of fasting is that uh, we experience weakness in the flesh, but we get strong in our spiritual lives. In fact, it's a lot what Jesus taught us is, is within us, we have no strength, but in our weakness, God can be honored, God can be glorified. And so we make ourselves weak so God can be strong. When we fast, we position ourselves for a breakthrough. God is the God of breakthrough, but we can't just sit back and wait for His promises to show up. He actively wants us to petition Him. He actively wants us to to, uh, fast. He wants us to participate in the breakthrough. After all, it's not just the, the victory that He wants us to be after, it's the experience of knowing the God who brings the victory. That's what He wants. It's this idea that that when we actively pursue him, when we actively pursue the breaking of the stronghold, we get to know the God of the breakthrough, which is the whole purpose of prayer. It's the whole purpose of us engaging in a relationship with him. John 5.17 says that God is always at work. So I want to encourage you, if if you get just a glimpse of of the activity, if you get the slightest hint of answered prayer, even if the breakthrough isn't complete, you just get a little glimpse of it. Like, yeah, that's, that's working. Wow, that person smiled at me today instead of snarled. Mm, something might be happening. Something might be moving right there. When you just get a glimpse of that, would you just take a moment, call it for what it is, and say, God, thank you for the breakthrough. Just thank you for the breakthrough. Thank you that you're moving, that I don't see the whole thing right now, but thank you that I can hear the sound of the breakthrough long before it ever comes. If you are are waiting for a huge breakthrough, when you see just a little glimpse of God working on that, take a moment and thank God for that. Give him glory. I think sometimes we can be so preoccupied just looking to the horizon for that huge thing that we miss the hundreds of scattered pieces of answered prayer right in front of us. We miss all the little things that he's doing because we're just waiting for the big thing. But God is rarely up, only up to one thing. And I think as people, our nature is to really look for the big finish. You know, we want to have like the, the fireworks and the big finish, and it's all done and, and it's over, and we're never going to struggle with that again. But God's point, God, God looks for this constant daily communion with him, this working through every circumstance. I think about it kind of like we're looking for this string of pearls, sort of this end result, but what he's doing is he's planting one pearl here and one pearl there and one pearl in this situation and one pearl over here. And as we string them all together, we begin to see the faithfulness and the victory that he gives us. The full stretch of our lifetime is the, is the whole string of pearls. And we want it all right now. But Jesus is saying, watch me be the God of breakthrough then. And watch me be the, the God of breakthrough now. And watch me be the God of breakthrough later. Because I'm the same. And I'm going to keep doing this. And I'm going to do it for you. And I'm going to do it for, for others in your life. And you're going to watch it. And you're going to see it. And you're going to give me praise for it. The worship team is actually going to come back up here and um, we're going to finish like this. If you are in need of a breakthrough, maybe you raised your hand, maybe as I'm talking about it, God brought something to mind. Or maybe you know someone who needs a breakthrough. We're going to do what we did the first week. Uh, There's some paper on the edge. If you pass that paper down, everybody pass the paper down. And if you would write out a prayer and you can bring it up to the wall. Put it in the wall. We'll transfer it um, later this week. And this morning, what we really wanted to make sure that we had opportunity to do is if you needed prayer, if you needed specific prayer. So I'm going to, the pastors are ready with anointing oil. I'm going to ask any church council members that are here this morning that can come up and pray. And if you want just some prayer, we don't need to ask you all the details In fact, this environment is hard to get all the details because we're singing and it's a little bit loud, but we're just going to pray that the God of breakthrough would meet you in a really real way this morning. That's what we're going to pray over you. And we might put some anointing oil on your head if you're okay with it. And there's nothing magical or special about that. That is just this symbol that you're set apart, that God's working, that it's a symbol of showing God, hey, I'm ready, I'm available. I want you to work in my life. Would you come and do something? Would you help me get out of this spot that I'm in? Would you show me the breakthrough? And we're gonna do some extended worship. We kinda had the front end a little shorter so that we could have a little time here. Um, And I just wanna encourage you to participate to fully engage, to really worship God this morning, worship the God of the breakthrough. The takeaway this morning, uh, the thing that I want you to remember this week and and share and repeat, it comes from a song actually um, by an artist named Zach Williams. And this is the line that just gets me every time. So this is the takeaway. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker that the God of the breakthrough is a chain breaker, and this might be your last battle. Don't give up yet. You can be just like David, where after this, once you get over this battle, there's gonna be breakthrough, but you don't know the end of the story. I wanna read the rest of the lyrics to the rest of this song, and then I'm gonna pray, but it's just so good, it goes like this. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. And if you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. Would you stand up? I'm just gonna pray for us. I'm gonna ask you to participate in some way this morning, however you feel led come up and put your prayer in the wall. You can get prayer from the pastors and council. You can just engage in worship, but would you just sit with this for just a little while and we'll dismiss in a few minutes. God, we need a breakthrough. God, I need a breakthrough. We've got things, lies that we've believed, even lies that we don't know we've believed. We've got personal strongholds. We've got cultural strongholds. We have cosmic strongholds, Father God. But Lord, we know that you are the God of the breakthrough and we know that we can hear the sound of it before it ever comes. And so God, I pray this morning that you would give um, spiritual ears for us, that supernaturally we would hear the rain coming, the breakthrough coming long before it is. God, that we could stand in faith. Lord, we trust you. We love you, God. We don't want to stay where we are anymore. God, we need a breakthrough and we pray this week as we pray for that, as we fast for that, that we could see things that we've been praying for a long time, mindsets that we have lived with, struggles that we faced, that they would come tumbling down in the name of Jesus, I believe it, sin that we cannot get out of our lives, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name, even now I hear the sound of breakthrough, God, that you're healing that you're changing, that you're bringing us into a season, God, where we can trust you more, where we can move forward, Lord. In Jesus' name, we need a breakthrough, and we're trusting you for it right now. In Jesus' name, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people who love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: The storm When the storm crashes in He covers us up when the beauty starts to fade.